Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in. Our mission is to get you out of your comfort zone and into exploration because that's where real growth happens. We want to take you along with us on our next adventure. Find out how by going to www.sirensoapbox.com. Click dive in and explore to learn more. Better yet, send us a challenge. Hop over to the contact us section and fill out the form. You could be a guest on the show. That is exactly how our guests found themselves on Siren Soapbox today. Hear that sound? That is the sound of a nice cold brew. That's right, we're diving headfirst into beer. Unfortunately, not literally. Today's challenge was sent to us by Siren TC fanboy, her boyfriend, Dean. His mission for us was to visit a local brewery and learn everything you can about it. Start with their story. How did they come to exist? Then take a tour and learn how they make their brews. Is there something that sets them apart from their competitors? Do they specialize in certain flavors? Do they have a mission outside of selling beer or a connection with the local community? Finally, end the visit with a flight of their brews and share which one you like the best. Sirens, did we accept this mission? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, our safe word is mango. First up on her soapbox is Jess. She sent her soapbox in all the way from Hawaii. So we will take a listen to that now. For the first time. We went to a meadery uh, where they make meat. I do not like beer. So, and there's actually only one brewery on Kauai. So when I was searching for a brewery to go to and I discovered this meadery, it sounded more my style. I have actually never tried meat, but it's supposed to be uh, not exactly the same as beer or wine. So I went in to Nani Moon Meadery, which is local here on Kauai and actually the only meadery in Hawaii. So that was pretty cool too. They use uh, Hawaii made honey, well, not really made, grown. I don't really know what you would consider honey but it was really, really tasty. It was interesting how they, um, they source local fruits and even coffee and chili, uh, like chili peppers. Uh, one of their meats was spicy and they make it all just in the back room of this little shop. And when I went in, they were actually preparing a batch and trying to get the honey to be more liquid so that they could pour it and um, start making a batch. I sampled seven different meats and I think my favorite was the pineapple lime, which makes sense because Hawaiian pineapple is delicious. And the woman who helped me, which I forgot to get her name because I'm terrible, was super nice and also explained to me how mead is the oldest recorded alcoholic beverage. 
uh, at least in written recording. So I thought that was very interesting as well. So I hope everyone enjoyed their tours and I definitely look forward to going back and sampling as they do different seasonal needs at this little shop. Hope you all had fun. Can't wait to hear about it. All right. Well, it's me, Mer. It's my turn now. A couple of nights ago, Mark and I took a tour of Rheingeist Brewery here in Cincinnati. The brewery opened in 2013 and was started by a couple of guys who were actually looking for a place that had a good potential for selling coffee, and Cincinnati was chosen for that. But what they learned when they got here was that there was a real gap in the IPA market in the Midwest. So they decided they were going to open a brewery that focused on making a really good IPA and making a really good IPA, they did. Now beer is basically for ingredients, but each brewery's flavor profiles are based on their own blends of grain, which is usually a malted barley, and the amounts and types of hops they use during the brewing process. Now Rheingeist's flagship beer, or their original, is called Truth, which is a flavorful and robust IPA. IPAs are full of hops and they have a very distinct flavor profile. Truth is by far their largest seller, making up 55% of the brewery sales. So it's safe to say that that is their specialty. Uh, they do have a couple of other IPAs on their menu as well. But Truth is also the number one selling craft beer in the state of Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. And for good reason, it's delicious. But Ryan Guys does more than sell beer. They give away all of their spent grain to local cattle farmers. I'm talking tens of thousands of pounds per day. After they boil the grain, it still has some nutritional value because of the protein, it's still present. So they just let farmers come and pick it up for free for their herds. They also host an event every Wednesday called Charitable Suds. For every pint you purchase in the tap room, you receive a wooden nickel to deposit in one of the three local featured nonprofit organizations. And each wooden nickel equals $1 donated to that charity. Also, as of July 2021, this year, Rheingeist Brewery is now 100% employee owned. So that's a pretty cool fact. I learned all of this on my tour with Mike. He was great. We learned so much, not just about Rheingeist, but also about the process of brewing beer, as well as Cincinnati's rich brewing history. Now, I love a good truth, which was their flagship IPA, but I wanted to taste some different beers while I was there. I ended up tasting nine different drinks in all, not full pours, but Mark and I, we often share our beers so that we get to taste more. Uh, my personal favorite was their table beer. It's a grisette and it's a little tart, nothing overwhelming. And it's also a great introduction to sour ales, which I, I really love. It's very drinkable with a low 4.5% ABV and it's absolutely delicious. LC, how was your brewery tour? Well, I have to admit, I was a little skeptical that this challenge would get me out of my comfort zone, but it did in a couple ways. Two weekends ago, we attempted this challenge blind. We were going to go to Cartridge Brewing, and I was like, hold up. I did the adventure challenge and the bike challenge there. I am not doing a third challenge there. It's time to branch out. So we tried to go to Valley Vineyards over in Morrow. They have a brewery called Cellar Dweller. 
I don't recommend Googling that. It looks like a really messed up 80s horror film. So um, I guess that was my first mistake. My next mistake is that we went on a Saturday night. And then the third mistake is that even though it was packed, we tried to go in anyway. It was complete chaos. There were people in lines everywhere. Nobody knew what was going on. Panic set in. I called Mango. We left. And the following weekend, I knew that we'd be in Gatlinburg. So I reached out to the Gatlinburg Brewing Company, mainly because their logo is adorable. And even though it's not local to me, we go to Gatlinburg several times a year. So I think it counts. They were so friendly and helpful setting up a time to tour. We arrived about an hour before they opened and talked with one of the brewers named Phil. He is a wealth of knowledge on beer. Gatlinburg Brewing Company has two locations, one in Gatlinburg proper and the other in Pigeon Forge. This is the location we went to. Phil told us that this location was a great place to grab a brew and a pizza to wait out the traffic, which there's a lot. GBC is a great place, um, or I'm sorry, it's a place that started as a home brewer and then it took off from there. Don't Feed the Bears is one of the original recipes and part of the proceeds from this goes to help local bears. So there was a small typo in the challenge and it said bear instead of beer at some point. So I'm hoping I get extra credit points for that. <laughs> Their flavors are seasonally driven. Tourists come usually at certain times of the year every year and they try to match a few so that they have something familiar to look forward to. And then they also try and put a couple new things on the menu as well. Gatlinburg location goes through about 15 kegs over a typical weekend. That's around 1,860 pints. We got to go back and see the process. It was a little bit over my head, but I did learn a lot. They pulled a new beer in rotation while we were there called, I love it when you call me Big Papa. It's what I'm drinking tonight. And as my husband said, as we were doing the tasting, this is stupid good. It is the best beer I've ever had. And the brewers harvest the pawpaws themselves. The food was phenomenal. The service was so friendly. I highly recommend Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Make sure to check it out when you're there. And you can also see the rest of my behind the scenes footage over on our YouTube channel. TC, how did it go for you? Well, this episode didn't necessarily get me out of my comfort zone either, but it did encourage me to explore something I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And I'm glad I did. We toured the Leatherback Brewery on the island of St. Croix in U.S. Virgin Islands. If you visit our island, you should definitely book a tour with them. While on the tour, we learned so many things about the beer, the company, and the island. Leatherback Brewery was in the process of being built in the same year Hurricanes Irma and Maria hit the island in 2017. In order to keep forward momentum, the owners and brewmaster rolled up their sleeves and started building the brewery themselves. It was a huge learning curve for them and a huge challenge, but it also means they know every inch of that place. And there's something special about knowing every part of your business in this way. During the tour, Brewmaster Dave taught us about the different types of malt used in beers and how they impact the flavor. We even got to taste the malts. We tasted malt that had a delicious nutty flavor, one that was a lot richer and had almost a bitter flavor, and another type that was really sour. I wasn't a fan of that one. We also learned about the added challenges brewery faces getting the malt to an island in the Caribbean. Even though St. Croix is owned by the United States, we're often considered international for shipping purposes. The brewmaster has to order the ingredients months before he needs them to be sure they arrive on time. 
The brewery has some flagship beers they always brew and have available. They also do some special brews using local flavors. They've used local mango, carambola, soursop, and naturally growing herbs and bush plants. The brewery is also very eco-conscious. The main ingredient in their beers is rainwater. They're almost finished going completely solar powered. So their beers are literally made from Caribbean rain and sunshine. They also plant started a can recycling program called Show Your Island Love. We tried every flavor of beer they had, and my favorite was Beach Life, a blonde ale. But my favorite label is on their Reef Life beer with a turtle on their can, just like my hat. The brewery is named after the leatherback sea turtle, which nests on the beaches of St. Croix. And as their website describes, these majestic creatures are world travelers, yet those born on the island return when the time comes to give life to the next generation. I love Leatherback Brewery for every reason a brewery can be loved. I didn't go on this brewery tour alone. I was, luck I was the lucky one who was accompanied by the challenger behind this adventure. Dean Cook has lived on St. Croix for five years. Before moving to the island, he lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and raised two of the best people I've ever met. When Dean isn't hard at work building spreadsheets and financial models, you can find him diving beneath the surface of the Caribbean or traveling off to explore new places and people with his girlfriend, yours truly, the siren with the orange tail, TC. Sirens, please welcome Dino to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome, Dean. Hey, thank you. Dean, here. I have a question for you. Okay, what's that? Which of the beers was your favorite? So there are two that are my favorite. Um, and we no doubt found a few that I, I never want to have crossed my palate again. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, so as far as craft beers go, um, I don't really enjoy extremely hoppy beers or the dark ales or porters. Uh, I like a, a, a lighter beer. So they have they have two that I like. One is called uh, Island Life, uh, which is a lager. And then they also have uh, Beach Life, which is a blonde ale, which is, I think, Tracy, you mentioned just a minute ago. There you go. So those are those two are my favorite. Is it is the blonde ale your favorite because you like blonde so much? Uh, that could have something to do with it. <laughs> I love that question. So what was the original inspiration for this challenge? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really remember. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I, it came to me while I was driving one day um, and uh, trying to think of, of something I could give you guys as a challenge. And it just, it kind of came across to me that, you know, every city has breweries. I, and, and probably what, why it hit me was, I really like hanging out at a brewery. Um, so I guess going somewhere where you're really comfortable isn't necessarily getting out of your comfort zone. Um, but, but the challenge of, of trying the other beers and then learning the process and learning the history, um, I thought would, would make it. And then my thought was, you know, there, there are breweries all over the place now. Um, so it, it's accessible to everybody, even those of us who live on an island. Um, and are lucky enough to have a brewery down here. So some things that got me out of my comfort zone. Um, one, I, I am 
like a, I'm an introverted extrovert, I think. And so sometimes it's really difficult for me to reach out and ask someone to do something for me. So reaching out to someone and asking for this tour was a little bit out of my comfort zone. But we did kind of add the challenge for ourselves that we had to finish all of the beers in the two flights that we ordered. And two of them were very, very sour. And some people really love sour beers. So I'm sure they're delicious to those people, but they're not delicious to these two people, Dean and Tracy. (laughs) But we had to finish them. So did you guys do anything to make it more out of your comfort zone? I didn't. That's a great question. I, although for me, taking the tour felt a little out of my comfort zone, I guess, because I don't know. It's not something that I would have typically signed up for. Not that I feel like I know everything there is to know. I just, it just never would have occurred to me to go behind the scenes and learn about it, I guess. Oh, see, what about you? So Valley Vineyards was outside my comfort zone because it was so crowded and I hate people bumping into me, go figure. Um, And then it was a little bit uncomfortable reaching out to a brewery and they were super friendly about it. And then going to someplace I had never been before and just walking in and saying, hey, I'm here for the tour. Like that was outside the comfort zone for sure. Um, But again, they were just so accommodating and everything about it was magical. I bought a t-shirt and stickers and (laughs) brought beer home. So it was a great experience. I love beer so much. I think that's why it didn't really feel like it was outside of my comfort zone. I just, I love everything about beer. It's for my 40th birthday, Mark and I hosted a beer tasting, a blind beer tasting for all my friends. It was a ton of fun, but we put a lot of research into (laughs) that party. So it was a lot of tasting and brewery visits and that sort of thing, but it was fun to do the tour. I'm really glad we did it. I want to do more brewery tours now. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to Columbus in a couple of weeks for, we're going to be brewery hopping. So we're going to look for at least one of those breweries to take a tour. That's cool. It's interesting to me. I, I, again, like I said, I really like the vibe around a brewery. It just, it seems like, you know, everyone is chill and they all get along and it's just a fun place to hang out. But it's interesting how all of these independent breweries always seem to have some type of connection to the community through some type of outreach you know, or, or contribution. Um, I always think that's kind of cool too. Cause yeah. leatherback thing. What does leatherback do? What's there? Oh, the recycling program. Recycling is one of them, but I mean, they, they, they host a couple times during the year, big events. They have this huge yard outside on the, on the side of the brewery. And they have this huge event uh, with live music and everything to raise money for uh, the local dog shelter or animal shelter. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so it's they, interesting. They do, lot, they do a lot of stuff. I think that it's really neat to listen to the pieces of the community that are woven into all of these local breweries. And so, I'm, I mean, we travel so much and we try to learn about the areas we go. And this might be a new way to do it, to find a local brewery and see if you can get a tour. It might not be your typical touristy tour, but I bet you would learn a lot. I mean, he talked a lot about the hurricanes and what life was like in the hurricanes because there were no workers available. So they basically had to just, like I said, roll up their sleeves and build the place. That 
when you were talking about that and you mentioned that that's you you become very intimately um, you you know your business very intimately when you do that type of work it reminded me of your boat because you put a lot of work into that boat and you felt a very intimate connection with that boat it, it reminded me of that too Mer. to add up to what you just said I learned a whole lot about Cincinnati's brewing history on this tour and the tour wasn't a Cincinnati brewing tour but Cincinnati played a pretty big role in the beer industry. In fact, in the turn of the century, the three biggest cities for beer brewing were Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Cincinnati. Hmm. And I did not know that until Mike from Rain Guys told us about that. Interesting. I'm curious, Elsie, what the logo is at, uh, did you say Gatlinburg Brewing Company? It is this cute little bear with a beard. Oh, he is cute. Oh, that's cool. He is cute. They have, I got that on the shirt and on the back it says, our pizza is 10 inches even when it's cold outside. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, I mean, they got a good sense of humor. I, I did. I had a little bit of a moment when I was there and I messaged you girls like, oh, I want to tell you something so bad, but I can't because I got to wait for the soapbox. But they had two beers on the menu. One is called Mountain Merman, which Mer would love because it is a super sour beer and it's also a little bit salty. It's like there's... Um, it's a Saison. Sure. <laughs> 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 sour, salty beer. So that's why they named it Mountain Merman. And then the other one was called Trish Nicious, which made me think of Trish, who we had. Oh, that's sweet. And when we went and did our tour in the back, we were at this machine and he said, this one does this whirlpool effect. And he said, it takes all the hops and it spins it around and gets all the gunk to the center. And it was like, he sounds like Trish from last week. Like, I'm, I couldn't believe it. It was such like a, a cool moment. Yeah, her swimming pool analogy. That's awesome. Our tour guide told us the same exact thing about one of their um, kettles does the same thing. It just kind of swirls everything to the center. That's exactly what I thought about. Hmm. Just like us. <laughs> I Did either of you two get to eat any of the malt? No. Yeah. It was so good. It's nutty. It's like eating nuts. Well, yeah, that, I... That was I, cool. I think if it had been a private tour, I might have asked since you got to do it, like, oh, yeah. I don't try it, but it wasn't a private tour. Mark signed us up for a tour. They do tours every hour on sun Saturday afternoons. And he signed us up for the last one this past Saturday. And there were about 15 people on the tour. So it was a, it was a pretty big group. Mm. So, you know, I guess I didn't want anybody's COVID hands on the malt. LC for the Gatlinburg brewery. Um, the, the owner or the owners or the founders, I mean, are, are they local people or how did they end up in Gatlinburg? I didn't ask how they ended up in Gatlinburg. There was just so much information. I got easily a half hour of video and just so much information coming at me and so many questions that it was a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> hmm. But he, I do know he was a, um, he was local and he started as a home brewer, um, which makes me kind of want to start brewing at home. And uh then just decided to open up a restaurant and it's taken off. Taken off. That's cool. Mm. 
what about the owner of Leatherback? Is he, he's probably not from St. Croix is my guess. So there are four owners and two of them are from St. I know one is from St. Croix. One One of them is from St. Croix. And then there are attachments in all these other ways, but three of the four currently live on the island and the fourth one visits whenever he can. Yeah. I'll just kind of expand on that a little bit. The, um, <laughs> well, I thought, cause I thought it was interesting is the, the guy who grew up here on St. Croix. Um, he, he knew a guy in Philadelphia who owned several breweries and he contacted him and said, Hey, I want to distribute your beer down here because there are no good um, IPAs down here in in the Caribbean. And I think we can, you know, we can get a lot of beer distributed for you all throughout the Caribbean. And so the guy came down from from Philadelphia and um, he was here for several days, just scoping things out. And he just, he looked at him and he said, I don't want to distribute down here. He goes, why don't we just make a brewery? And so then it, it started up from there. And, uh, you know, then they got some other people involved. And then um, the brewmaster was somebody who worked for him up in Philadelphia. And he, at the time, was, had left him and was working for a competitor. And he contacted him and um, his, his wife or girlfriend, I don't know what it was at the time, but, uh, and said, hey, you know, we're going to open this brewery in St. Croix. You want to come be our brewmaster and, and run it for us? And his wife actually um, has a, years of experience running the front of the house, uh, you know, the food part and managing the employees and all that stuff. So that's what our brewmaster, Dave, uh, he and his wife, they, they kind of run the brewery and he's the brewmaster. So that's kind of how it started. So that was kind of neat. That was kind I- of an interesting challenge that TC brought up that they have to figure out ways to get the, was it the malt or the mm-hmm. barley, mm-hmm. whatever, to the island. He was talking yeah. about some of the places that they bought malt in the States, but to get the malt, um, I don't know, was it from Scotland? It was from some other country, but wherever it was that they would get this malt from, they wouldn't ship it here. And then he found another place that would ship it here, but it was like four times the cost of what it was to ship it to the States. And somehow he stumbled upon um, a malt. Dino probably remembers the story really well, but he stumbled upon a malt that had exactly the flavor he wanted. And it was a lot less expensive to get here. So it was just kind of a trial and error to get the, that particular malt that they use for most of their beers. And then they have one that's like that it almost tastes like coffee, but it has kind of a bitter taste that sticks around when you're done eating it. And that was for some of the um, darker beers, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he had one that was really sour and that was for their sour beers. But it was something to do with the pH level makes it really sour. Neither one of us liked it. The logistics is, is crazy, though. I mean, he's ordering months and months in advance. Um, and it's all, he's ordering, you know, container fulls at a time uh, to get it here. So it's, it, it's definitely a more of a challenge for him. Yeah, it's probably affecting their ability to scale as well. A little bit, a little bit, but they, um, they have, they have started distributing uh, into Puerto Rico. 
they opened a second a second brewery on St. Thomas. So they're now they're making beer on St. Thomas. They don't make all of the lines or all the flavors over there. They make, you know, just the, the most like popular four, I think, or five. Um, and then they are also uh, distributing into South Florida now. The key, well, not the keys, but just into South Florida. Wow. They, uh, they were going to be in the keys and there was somebody who makes a beer in the keys that had a very similar name or something. And they, they filed a suit against them. Mm. So, it's either it's either beach life or uh, island life. I can't. I think it's island yeah, life. It was it's yeah, one of those two. And so they decided not to fight it. And apparently, this island life is the one that's already exists in the Keys and isn't doing really well anyway. So, but they're all through South Florida right now. Um, so they, I mean, they're trying to scale. But yeah, I think logistics does hurt. And I, he told us, if I'm not mistaken, Tracy, that um, they're the only only beer that's actually brewed in the Caribbean. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Like Carib, which is sold all throughout the Caribbean, it's not brewed in the Caribbean. It, it's brewed stateside somewhere. Um, and then St. John's Brewery, uh, it, which is over on the island of St. John, um, is also brewed stateside, like in Miami, and then shipped down to St. John. So... Yeah, leatherback's the only one that's actually brewed in the Caribbean. I think that's true. Yeah. So it was interesting Ryan, to learn. Ryan Geist told us that now they produce around 100,000 barrels of beer per year. So their operation is probably a lot bigger than yeah, Leatherback and Gatlinburg. They're the 25th largest in the nation, the 25th largest craft brewery in the nation. Yeah. So they said that their bottleneck is hops. And remember their, their flagship is an IPA and it's, they, their beers have take a lot of hops. They have to place their hops orders two years in advance. Wow. They're forecasting two years in advance and contracting with hops farmers in the Pacific Northwest for two years in advance. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's big time. That was something that surprised me too at Gatlinburg Brewing Company was we asked like, how do you plan for the the beer flavors that are out? Like you just put them out or how does this happen? And there are five main brewers that they have and they sit down, they have meetings and they have to schedule out. Well, this one's going to take a month in, you know, the process. And it was just so fascinating to learn that there's so much more thought behind all the flavors and when they're going to be coming out and released than any, I think people take that for granted yeah for sure actually this weekend at Rheingeist they had they were selling flights of it was like four different flavored brews I don't know that they were necessarily beers they weren't seltzers they were some kind of alcoholic beverage and they were selling flights of them for four dollars and then they wanted you to complete a survey so you would get you got this little like qr code you go on and you taste the beer then you give them some feedback on each one and i thought that was really cool that they were seeking the public opinion in that way and they were only doing it in the tap room saturday and sunday if you look on their website now it's gone there's like no evidence of it um but if that's that's, that was a really cool thing. And we also, for participating in that survey, we got 20% off in their merch store. Nice. What did you buy? <laughs> Nothing yet. Oh. Um, 
yeah, nothing yet, but the code's good until November 30th. <laughs> so I, I showed up in my work shirt, so I had no choice but to buy a shirt. And this hat had a turtle on it, so I had no choice. I will tell you that since the minimalist challenge, I'm, I have a really hard time just buying things. I love it. So that's why I didn't spend my, I didn't use my 20% off yet. Nice. <laughs> I bought two shirts while I was in Gatlinburg and I was like, no, I just got rid of a bunch of stuff, but it was so amazing coming home. I unpacked that night and I was done because I got rid of so much stuff. Yeah. You didn't have all the extra crap with you too. That's awesome. I love that. That's amazing. That's I nice. am a little bit sad. One that Jess isn't here for, you know, obvious reasons, but two, I've got questions for her. Same. I know. And also like, I feel like maybe she just hasn't met the right beer yet. And it, this would have been the perfect challenge to meet the right beer. Yeah. Sure. I, have, Mer, I'm, have you ever been to a meadery? Went in Gatlinburg. <laughs> I've never been to a meadery. Me either. I don't even you, think did I've you ever you went, had you, you did in Gatlinburg? Yeah, I was drinking mead before I opened up this bad boy. <laughs> it's mead sweet. It's incredibly sweet. The one I got yeah. is... Um, it's a B company right next to Anakista. And it was $14 for a flight tasting. Like everywhere else, it's like five bucks or it's free in Gatlinburg. It was 15 bucks here. It's expensive. I've heard that mead takes a shit ton of honey to make. That's probably it why it's so expensive. Yeah. I've been to one too. There's one in Atlanta. I've been. It's interesting. Was it good? And I, yeah, I heard, I heard the, it was good. Um, and I heard the same story there that Jess shared that it's the, um, the world's oldest alcoholic beverage. Um, uh, I'll have to send a picture of the can. That's what it says on the can that I bought, that it's the world's oldest alcohol. Mm -hmm. I knew yeah. that because of the New York's time crossword puzzle. Oh, hmm. <laughs> see, I would have guessed wine. I would have lost that. Me too. That's why I knew that it's not wine because wine didn't fit. Me did. Even yes. though it has four letters. That right. was probably, that was probably trickery. It was so trickery. Mm -hmm. There, there is, or was a mead made here on St. Croix. Um, really? Pre-COVID, uh, we always had, uh, was once a month or every other, or every two weeks or something. It was the, uh, the Friday deal. What's that called, Tracy? Uh, jump up, jump up. Um, there was a honey guy that he would always set up a stand at jump up, but he also made mead. Yep. You're I have tried it. You're right. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, I swear I tried but it he, somewhere. He only had like one flavor. That was it. You know? So right. was it too sweet for you? Do you remember? It was pretty sweet. I, mean, I remember all the ones I tasted in Atlanta were very sweet, but they had all sorts of different flavors you know, different fruits they used and everything else. It's kind of neat. Mer, I'm wondering if you know uh, anything about the logo at Ryan Geis, like why they, why, how they, what that's all about. Um, here's the Ryan Geis logo. It's like this little ghost what, alien skull like an alien? guy. It's yeah. like a ghost skull. alien skull. I don't really know what it is, but it's It's cool. like a conehead skull. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Honest. It's very recognizable, but mm -hmm. I didn't ask about it. So that's a That's not what I heart. pictured whenever you said the name. 
I didn't picture that. I pictured, I don't know, something German looking. Oh yeah. Cause Rheingeist sounds very German. Yeah. I didn't picture it. Is. That's really interesting. Do you know, I mean, the area is over the Rhine mm-hmm. and Geist means ghost. Mm-hmm. And that is a skull with a pointy head. I'm sure there's a really good story there. Well, why the hell didn't Mike tell us then? That's it. I'm freaking lodging a formal complaint. I think you, <laughs> you may should. just have to go back. Extra points. Out. Extra points for Brewmaster Dave at Leatherback Brewery. Why? Why are they Leatherback? Um, one of the owners was into marine biology and Leatherback's nest here on our island. And that's why they're called Leatherback. Yeah. He worked for the awesome. DPNR for a long time too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's DPNR? For those Depart- for, for those people who might not know that are listening, not for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it Department of Parks and Natural Resources? That's correct. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Elsie. Oh, well, I was going to ask a new question. Did you have something? I, uh, no, you ask your question first. Okay. Does everybody remember their first sip of beer? Oh, I mean, I remember the time in my life. I don't remember the first drink specifically. No, but I remember not liking it. My first sip, I was like five years old. My grandfather would always mow the yard in Florida and have his Coors Light with, you know, the mountains and everything. And I was curious and I'm like, I want to try it. And I remember having my first sip and I was like, this is awful. Why do people drink this? (laughs) But then, of course, it was many, many years later in college when I, you know, drink again. It was Natty Light. (laughs) Daddy light. light. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dino, do you remember your first drink? I can't even remember the first sip I had this past Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't remember the exact first one, but I, I do remember being very young. And my I had an older brother um, who drank a ton of beer all the time, uh, Bush. And I, you know, I, I, I idolized him. Um, thought he was the coolest thing that walked the, the earth. And um, I did, would take a sip of his beer every now and then. I actually liked it. So My story is, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it was good. My story is very similar, actually. My, I don't know that I idolized my older sister, but I was around her a lot. And they, her and her friends drank a lot of beers and they were little kings. And I'm pretty sure that was the first beer I ever tasted. It was a little king's cream ale. I think I was made it all the way to like middle school before I tasted beer and it was Budweiser. Do you remember Spuds McKenzie when that was like their whole marketing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I had like a Spuds McKenzie poster on my wall and I had one of those small refrigerators in my closet when I was in middle school and I kept Bud Light in there in my bedroom That's in hilarious. middle school. How old is your son? <laughs> Elsie, middle uh, school. 
the fridge full of beer. If he does, he better stay. <laughs> All right, yeah. so I found a quiz online. It's a beer quiz. You guys up for some beer quiz questions? We're up for some quizzing. All right. First question. Which brand is the most sold beer in the United States? Want us to say it aloud? Do we have to, yeah, raise our hand? What do we do? I have um, my answer. Just I didn't really think answer. this through. All right. So everybody shout out your answers. Budweiser. Budweiser. Bud Light. You are all wrong. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said which brand? Bud Light is the brand. Oh, is it, aren't they made fair. by Budweiser? Maybe, but it's Bud Light. So Okay, I didn't know that. It was a difference. So. Technicality. I'm giving myself a point. <laughs> <laughs> because I was ignorant. <laughs> well, you're She's not competitive. Jean and I, so we're all at zero, basically. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Okay. Okay. According to the 1516 Germany purity law, beer can only contain three ingredients. What are they? I know. Malt, malt barley, malt. and water. Water, yeah. I was going to say malt, hops, and water. Yeah. I think she's right with barley, though. Okay. The answer is water, hops, and barley. <laughs> now, oh, I, now I, but hold on. I learned this weekend that malt is just barley after it's been malted. So if yeah. you said malt, I think that you still deserve the point. But you had to have had said hops, too, because barley and malt are definitely the same thing. They're not two yeah. different things. Uh, but yeast is also part of the process, but it wasn't considered an, an ingredient at the time. Actually, I learned that yeasts, like they are, they make different types of yeasts that are different flavors that create different flavor profiles. So there's like actually a lager yeast and an ale yeast. And I didn't know that. Hmm. All right, next question. Which country consumes the most beer per capita this is not a multiple choice united states usa czech republic <gasps> whoa yeah. do you know it's closest but no it was in the neighborhood <laughs> okay next question what does ipa stand for nasty <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I know, I know. Independence. Uh, what is it? India Pale Ale. That's oh. correct. So. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> yes, that's it. Was it? Was it right there? Like when it said on the screen? Yes. Yes, India Pale Ale. So the story behind that is that hops are also a preservative. So beers. And they were brewing a bunch of beer in the UK that they were going to have to ship off to India, but they needed a way to preserve it on the long ship ride. So they just would hop it up. So they, they labeled that the India pale ale because it was being shipped to India on the boat and had to survive the long boat trip. Oh, that's some good info right there. I also mm -hmm. learned that from Mike, the Ryan guys tour guide. So Mike. yeah, that's he was cool. awesome. I'm telling you, if you're in Cincinnati, Take a tour at Rangeist. 
It was very informative. In the USA, a barrel contains how many gallons of beer? Oh, oh, I know this. I have a guess. <laughs> I have a guess. Uh, 300 gallons. No. Dang it. That's so wrong. That's not part of my notes. Is it 50? No, 55? That sounds low, but. I was going to guess 50, but I think that's slow too now yeah. that I'm thinking of it. I think it's 55. I'm, I'm sticking with 55. I'm sticking with 50. 50. I'm no, see. you cannot ask Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The answer is 31. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe just two more questions, you think? Sure. All right. Next one. Reassuringly expensive was the advertising slogan for which beer? Reassuringly expensive. Um, I've heard that slogan. You, I've never heard it either. Green beer. What oh, yeah. A lab. Heineken? Are you thinking Heineken? I'm thinking Heineken. It's not Heineken, but it is yeah. in a green bottle. Stella Artois. Oh. oh. All right. Last question. In which German city is the world's biggest beer festival, Oktoberfest, traditionally celebrated? Berlin. Zurich. A clue. Munich. Oh, I was going to say that. Oh. And here's another fun fact. The largest Oktoberfest outside of Munich, Germany is in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Really? Yes. Oktoberfest Cincinnati. We are a huge German town. Lots of immigrants from Germany in, in our town. Do you do you still go to Oktoberfest? I actually, the last three or four years, I have worked at the Oktoberfest. I pour beer with my friend Jenny. She her, she belongs to a swim club, a nonprofit swim club. So they get to pour beer at the Oktoberfest, and all the tips mm -hmm. they earn goes towards their uh, the club. swim club. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Mark and I usually do that with Jenny and Dale. It's usually a fun little double date night. <laughs> Slinging beer at the Oktoberfest. I feel like well, that was a little, fun. little restaurant bar here called Ziggy's who have an Oktoberfest every year, and they they label it as the largest Oktoberfest in the Caribbean. <laughs> Probably is the only Oktoberfest exactly. in the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, like well, you know, three hundred people show up for it. So well, that's fun. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Does not compare to the Cincinnati deal though. That's pretty good. So we're citing our source. Where did you get this quiz from? Oh, yes. This quiz came from ultimatequizquestions.com forward slash beer quiz questions. Is there one last question that you should ask? There are actually like 12 more questions I could choose from. Okay. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Which brewery is claimed to be the oldest in the United States? I feel like you guys should know this. Adam. Ooh, that's I think guess. I think that they might have been one of the original craft breweries, but that is not the answer. I'm going back to Budweiser. Dean, you have a guess? Uh, yeah, I'll stick with Budweiser. Yingling, you are right, Elsie. 
Did you see me get excited when you said it? Never would have guessed that. Okay, I have a couple more. Out of Bud Light, Amstel Light, and Miller High Life Light, which beer has the lowest alcohol content? Our choices again are Bud Light, Amstel Light, and Miller High Life Light. Miller. Amstel. Bud Light. Amstel Light at three and a half ABV. Oh, LC just took a mini lead. Mm-hmm. Miller High Life Light has 4.1% and Bud Light 4.2%. All right, this is this question I think has come from a relatively new-ish brewery. Which beer brand makes the beer Elvis juice? Never even heard of it. Sounds really gross. Is it brewed in Memphis? Yeah, no, it's brewed mm. actually in two countries. I this is not on this quiz sheet, but I just know this. I have some beer knowledge in my brain. <laughs> That's where she keeps it. That's where I keep it. <laughs> there's actually one. There's a brewery in Columbus and Cincinnati, and there's another brewery, and I think it's in another country, but I can't remember which one. The answer mm. is Brew Dog. And Never actually in Columbus, they have the Brewdog Hotel. You can rent a room that has beer taps in it. Ooh, oh, wow. Pretty Amazing. cool. Okay. In the early days, beer was what? What flavor is Elvis juice? Oh, it is an IPA. <laughs> yeah. You would think it'd be like some kind of fun banana farmhouse or something, but it's not. It's an IPA and it's damn delicious. And that's what beer quiz says. It's damn delicious. (laughs) Okay. In the early days, beer was only available to buy in kegs and bottles. Which brewery was the first to sell beer in cans in the United States? Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. I agree with Dean. Yeah, I've actually never even heard of this brewery. I didn't even give Tracy a chance to answer. <laughs> I, I think it's Red Dog Brewing Company. It's G. Kruger Brewing Company from Newark, New Jersey, who first sold beer in cans in 1935. By the way, when we did the tour of Rheingeist, we got to see the canning process. It is fascinating. They can fill... What, oh, I'm not going to remember the number. It was a ridiculous amount of cans per minute, like hundreds of cans per minute. Hmm. And they have this process that it, it's this piece of equipment came from Italy because he said all the cool stuff comes from Italy. But there's basically this capsule that holds the 12 ounces of beer, goes all the way inside the can, like to the bottom of the can, and then opens up and removes itself from the can so that the beer goes in with no foam so that they can tap it immediately. That's really cool. We didn't get to see that. I don't know that they have the same type of process. It's a little bit on a smaller scale at the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's manual right now. mm -hmm. Yeah. Rheingeist, again, they're the the 25th largest in the nation, I guess. Yeah. They have a huge operation. Like they're all of their brewing happens in the brewery and over the Rhine, but they also have a huge storage facility on Spring Grove Avenue. 
where they uh, store all the, that's where all the logistics take place. Because if you've ever been to over the Rhine, you can't imagine like semi trucks coming in and out of there for distribution. So they ship it all over to Spring Grove where they do that. Well, you guys, this was a super fun episode. <laughs> and I uh, think our challenge for our listeners is to learn all you can about a local business where you live. It doesn't necessarily have to be a brewery. That's what we chose. And that was a ton of fun. But just some local business that you've maybe been a little curious about. We'll even help you with some of the questions you can ask. Just check out our blog on our website. It's a challenge for you, Tracy. I know. <laughs> Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, thank you so much for this challenge. You, like Tracy, I probably wouldn't have scheduled a brewery tour on my own. So thank you for that nudge. I really appreciate that. Sure. And thank you, fellow explorer, for listening to this episode. Please subscribe to Siren Soapbox wherever you're listening to this podcast. And don't forget to check out our new YouTube channel. I challenge you to be an early subscriber. Pretty sure you won't regret it. You can find our YouTube channel and that blog that I just mentioned all on our website, sirensoapbox.com. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.